Welcome to Inside Legion, the podcast that takes place inside David Holler's mind. I'm Alex. I'm Pete. Ooh, you kind of said it in a voice there a little bit, Pete. Nope. Just a little bit. We're going to be talking about Chapter 21 of Legion, the second episode of the third season. It's all almost ending. It's coming down to it, Pete. Pretty exciting. Pretty nerve-wracking. Yeah. Are you excited and nerve-wracked? I... I love this fucking show, man. Yeah. I just, the amount of detail that they put in the show, it just never gets boring watching the show. It is so artistically well done. It, I agree with you. I know you're going to yell at me for this. This was not my favorite episode of Legion. Fuck you, man. I am allowed to say that something is like an 85 to 90% on one of my favorite shows of all time, I think. Right? You're but there was something about this episode that, like, there were little bits that didn't quite work for me. What are you, what are you talking about? Name one bit. Uh, the stuff with Squirrel I didn't love, and the tea party felt a little more forced than usual. What? I thought that was great. It was fun. It was a lot it's of fun. More Lenny fun being than, Lenny. Yeah, it's more fun than a lot of shows out there. Yeah. But you also have a soft spot for Lenny, dude. Yeah, I do. Why'd you say She's like great. That? What are you saying? Aubrey like Plaza is a treasure. I agree with you, but you don't so talk. So let her be Alice in Wonderland. You didn't talk her about her like treasure. You talked about her like a let delicious her be Tom Petty in this music wait, video. You want to eat? You're like Tom Petty. Yeah, that's what you think the reference was. Was Tom Petty? No, it's Alice in Wonderland. But yeah, he had a very famous music video, right? Which Lewis Carroll adapted into his books. Yeah. I was agreeing with you. It was based on Tom Petty. All right. Let's uh, do a little bit of a recap here before we get into the episode. So this show focuses on David Holler, who is the most powerful mutant Holler. alive. He was revealed to have manipulated the mind of his girlfriend, Sid, last oh, season. I hate this and part. Forced, he did this. He's I the villain now. Uh, maybe he was always the villain. Uh, he forced her into having sex with him. Nah. He was put on trial by all of his friends and escaped with Lenny, who formerly was a creation of his mind, uh, and then eventually came into the real world played by Aubrey Plaza, as you like to say like that. I don't say like that. I don't know. That's exactly what you sound like, dude. Uh, And uh, it turns out they started a cult together, the cult of David. David is a guru now. They're all living in this house and smoking out of a pig, as one does. Yeah, sometimes you smoke pig. Uh, Usually at a barbecue, but you don't smoke out of a pig's nipples. Sometimes you do. Yeah? Darnasar Barbecue, you ever go there? Yeah, I have. Ton. Yeah. I love that place. I love a good smoky S- nipple. Start in Syracuse, baby. Oh, yeah. Do they have the smoky nipple up in Syracuse? No, that's not real. Yeah, If you go into any barbecue restaurant, you can say, hey, give me the smoky nipple, and they know exactly what you're talking no, about. No, no. You'll probably get looked at weird and asked to leave. Mm, try it anyway. <laughs> so he started this cult, and they're giving all sorts of good vibes. But as we found out the last episode, David is not completely happy. In fact, he's been looking for a time traveler, somebody to help him out. And that comes in the form of a new character named Switch. 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 Duh, turn around now, Switch. Like the Will Smith song. Wow. Right? Wow. You remember. Wow. So she has two powers. One power is she can fast forward through her own life. The other power is that she can travel back through time in increments by going into... Small increments. Small increments by going into a hallway that she can create. She can go back five minutes, ten minutes, a week, two weeks. But the further back she goes, the more she courts danger, which doesn't really get dealt with this episode. No, but... but just so you know. Because she doesn't really go back in time in this episode. No, not really at all. Though we do get 
to see the hallway. Uh, she is working with David. She's obsessed with David, wants to meet him for some reason that we don't completely understand yet. I, I do. You do? Yeah. What is it? She wants to be a part of something, and she wants to get back at her dad for making her feel like a robot, and she wants to experience life and get out of her routine and really kind of do some big things. And here's David, who says he wants to make the world a better place and, like, is crazy but also kind of cool, and she's kind of attracted to it. All right, I think that actually explains it really well. Uh, so that switch, uh, she is working for this cult. There's also a dude named Squirrel, who he calls Asian Jimmy Squirrel. Fallon last episode. Uh, he was outside of the cult's house when it was mysteriously whisked away by David Powers and hidden away somewhere else. Um, this came about because Switch traveled back in time several times, and each time she traveled back in time, which David knows now, uh, Sid killed David. Twice. Twice. Uh, this was Division 3, who is a joint task force between mutants and humans, is trying to chase after David because... He is essentially the villain of the piece now. Yeah. Uh, they're trying to track him down and stop him. Uh, but so far, they've been unsuccessful. Uh, also, Switch, it should be noted, seems to be losing teeth the more she uses her powers. Yeah, they didn't deal with that as well because she didn't use her powers in the step. Well, she left a tooth. We got to see one of her teeth. That was in the last step, not this episode. No, in this episode, we got to see a tooth. We did? Yeah. We'll, get, we'll get to that in a okay. second. I don't remember seeing a tooth. Yeah, there was definitely a tooth. Uh, we'll talk about that in a second. Right. Uh, so um, uh, what were we talking about? Oh, yeah, Division Three. Probably important to mention a couple of characters there. Uh, the human is a burnt-faced dude named Clark who is working with him. He's kind of a dick. Yeah. Uh, there's also the Shadow King who is a psychic entity, a formerly psychic entity, who is living inside David's brain since he was a tiny also little kid. Also a bad guy. Also a bad guy. Now on the side of the good guys trying to stop David. I don't trust him. For shit. Really? You don't trust the Shadow King, the original good guy? Yeah, I don't trust a guy called the Shadow King who lives and leeches off people. Here's what I would say about that, Pete, is you bring your shadow with you everywhere. It is your closest friend. So is the Shadow King with ourselves. Wow. So they're flying around in a dirigible uh, trying to stop uh, David. Uh, uh, B is another character who doesn't really show up this episode. Uh, he formerly was able to enter people's memories, and now he is a living computer. He is working with a bunch of mustached women uh, who also run Division Three. I love those ladies. And there's two other characters you probably know about, Carrie and Carrie, who are two different characters. Right, Pete? Yep. There's Carrie, and then there's Carrie. Oh, wait, which one is which? Well, Carrie is the female, and then Carrie is the dude. No, you got that wrong. I'm Damn sorry. It's it. reversed. Uh, so one of them is a super scientist. The other is super strong. But they both formerly lived inside each other's bodies. Uh, they have now separated. Uh, they're figuring out other things to do with their lives. Uh, and that's what's going on with them. I'm sure there's more stuff to talk about, which we will get to in a second. But as... You forgot uh, Sid. Oh, no, we no, talked you, about you Sid. Talk about we Sid. talked about Sid. Don't, I just you, don't you call me on anything, Pete? Well, Justin usually brings up at this point, like, hey, you forgot about this character. You know what? This time I forgot nothing. Oh, wow. But I almost definitely forgot something. Yeah. So uh, we start off with a Charlie Brown montage as you see Sid and David plaintively looking out at each other. Uh, in fact, I would argue that Charlie Brown was a whole theme of this episode uh, that we got to see uh, later on. The Shadow King was playing... Christmas time is here again from the Charlie Brown Christmas special. Wow. Uh, and it's too bad Justin isn't here. He plays Charlie Brown every year. Well, that's true. 
It's interesting that he's not here yeah. for this episode. Huh. Huh. Uh, and the, the other thing that's going on is they take a football away from the team in the form of Kerry later on. Oh. Uh, so I think that was a little bit going on as well. Uh, but one thing that made me wonder, particularly in reference to the Shadow King playing Christmas Time is here again later on in the episode. And this certainly ties into what you were saying earlier to be earnest about it. Is the Shadow King manipulating things? Yes. You think so? Always. Always. That's what he does. So this is, he is behind everything that's happening in your theory. Yep. Okay. I don't know. I, I feel like... I if, think maybe the Shadow King was controlling David, and that's why he did what he did. I hope not. I hope I, so, because I, I don't want David to be bad. I don't want to hurt Sid, who I, he loves. I don't want that either, but I don't want them to take away from the power of that moment by saying, oh, the good guy was actually taken over by the bad guy. That, I think, would be disappointing. Well, at this point, I would like it if David wasn't a rapist. <laughs> but, I mean, plainly said and accurate. Uh, then we cut to the title, which we see the Red Barons oh, playing. Oh, yeah, that was such Brown a great, reference. fun, like the clouds. And the, uh, just so creative, the show. Just even the title cards. Everything is just so well done about this show. Uh, and then From we cut top to, to bottom. We cut to the Kulk. They're smoking their pig. They're doing a little bit of the smoky nipple. Uh, and Switch is getting some more lessons in time travel, specifically trying to learn about the consequences of time travel in this yeah. case. And then we get a setup of a rivalry, which I thought was very interesting. Lenny takes the headphones off of Switch and pulls rank. Switch says she just wants to help. How are you feeling about Lenny versus Switch right now? Well, that's the thing. Lenny is like, hey, me and David are finally together and working on this. And like, here comes this time traveler. And she's very jealous of him. And then we kind of have that moment where later in the app, David mind controls Lenny. Yes. Which I didn't believe. I think she was faking to let David know that. Yeah, I wanted to get that as well. I think there's a pause there, right? Before, and this is jumping ahead, but Lenny doesn't want to leave the meeting with David and Switch. Mm -hmm. Uh, She brings her out. Actually, I guess this happens right afterwards. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're talking and David dismisses Lenny and says, ooh, aren't you hungry? You want to go inside? First of all, Another clear taking advantage from David, just pointing to the fact that controlling people, he's unrepentant. He does the same thing. He invades Sid's mind later on, which is a violation all over again. But to your point, there's that pause there. Uh, So you think that Lenny fake smile? Yeah, you think Lenny is faking it? Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Interesting. We'll see how that pays off and what her plans are, particularly because she doesn't have powers anymore, right? Well, she of. does. Maybe she does. I don't know. Yeah. Ooh. Well, you think she's an amazing treasure and could do anything. That's right. So then we get a conversation. Switch opens the doorway. She shows David where she can go in her hallway, but he can't come in with her. And that's the thing. Like, why does he care so much about being able to let her time travel, let her do things? Like, why does he have to be the one that time travels? Because that's his ego, right? That's the ego of a villain is he has to be the one to do it. He has to be the one to fix it. He's just wasting. Him alone. Yeah. He is. He can't control his emotions. He's pretending to be this good cult leader. I mean, good, quote, unquote, cult leader. Yeah. Uh, but he's not. I yeah. mean, and he's also, when you can tell by the voices in his head that they show that he's doubting himself. There's a lot of different sides to him. Yeah, I mean, uh, they're kind of showing him dealing with his kind of mental issues, you know. 
Well, he immediately after that, in trying to convince Switch, brings up that alarming catchphrase from last season where he says, do you believe I'm a good person and deserve love like everyone else? Which was the mantra he repeated over and over and over again in the last season that ultimately led to him breaking bad or at least yeah. revealing his true nature. Yeah. Uh, and it's a conversation that they had. It's selfish. Like, he is a selfish person. Yeah. Do you think at this point, is that a lesson he can learn? Can he fight against that? Or I hope so. I hope he can be a better person. I really do. Uh, because we spent the whole last season rooting for him, you know, or the two seasons before this. I I. Again, I, I think this is the difference between how we're viewing this now, but I don't think so because he is so far gone down. This is what I deserve. I deserve love, mm-hmm. not I want love mm-hmm. or I need love, but I deserve it. Yeah. I've done these things. So in a transactional yeah, I mean, yeah, way, give them to me. I mean, you're right. He's showing all the traits of an evil person. Yeah. And I think ultimately, like, he's going to... <laughs> break time and destroy the world or at least accidentally do that while trying to repair things. All right, can we talk about this squirrel scene and the uh, blimp, the striped blimp? Sure. So Squirrel is being interrogated by Clark in the blimp. Uh, Squirrel is just going crisscross, make you jump, jump, jump. jump." Yeah, that was kind of hysterical. Yeah, well, you're a big house party fan. Oh, of course. Who isn't? I don't know. Is there anybody who's not a house party fan? I mean, it's one of the greatest, you know, House Party or House Party 2, the Pajama Jammy Jam? I mean, they're both great. Yeah. All right? It's one of the greatest series of all time. It's basically like The Godfather. The Kid and Play Dance was a staple, bro. You had to know how to do the Kid and Play Dance. Yeah, or you got killed. We grew up on <laughs> Mean Streets. Yeah, Mean Streets. Mean Streets back in Kid and Play times. Um, so <laughs> what was great about this squirrel scene is they're trying to get answers from him, uh, and then... What's his face there? The melty face guy. What's his name? Clark. Clark. Yeah. Uh, Just drops. The way I up. remember it. Think of a Clark bar and think of it melting in the sun. Okay. Cool. Uh, it drops him from the thing, which was very scary, and then he's yelling parachute, and Carrie is like, you know, busy doing other no, stuff. No, uh, Carrie. Carrie. I'm oh, sorry. Carrie um, is busy doing the other stuff, and it kind of like. It looks like an 8-bit video game, which is hilarious. The parachute deploys, but not early enough. Yeah, he is... Bill Irwin's carry is one of my absolute favorite characters and on the show. And he's fantastic so in this episode. Really showcased well. Yes, we'll get to that in a moment, yeah. though. Uh, so Squirrel gets dropped out of the dirigible. Uh, he lands on the ground perfectly safe. Uh, and then gets picked up at a Cheshire... Not perfectly safe, he's limping. Yeah, he's limping, but he's mostly fine. Uh, and he gets picked up at a Cheshire Cat bus by Lenny, a bunch of girls from the cult, uh, and the promise of drugs taken yeah. directly from David's mind. Um, and then... Blue drugs, which is important. Blue drugs. Uh, and then we get probably the key scene of the season, I would say, which is Sid and David having a conversation. Yeah, Sid, they, ha- they have a kind of meeting. Well, this is where the tooth comes in, because Sid is there outside the remains of the house. She's holding a tooth, looking at the tooth. Uh, There was a little part of me that thought she was going to take off her gloves and change places with Switch at that point. Oh, wow. Um, But And maybe she'll do that at some later point, because her power is to do that by touching somebody. I don't know if she can do it with an unattached tooth. tooth. Um, But that's not what happens. Instead... 
She They talk is, it out. Yeah, they talk it out. And he's like, hey, I know you shot me twice. And she's like, hey, you raped me, motherfucker. Right. And he's like, oh, but I don't know. He didn't really address it. He was just kind of like, you guys kidnapped. You did all the stuff to me. Nobody trusts me anymore. And, well, this is this again gets back to the point that we were talking about is David views what happened as something that is reparable. And he thinks Sid looks at it that way, too. Because he excitedly explains to her, he says, hey, what we can do is, I got this time traveler, we can reverse time, we can change it, we can go fix everything. And Sid is saying, no. You can't fix what you did. Exactly, you can't fix it. And there's that episode last season where David went inside Sid's mind and we got to see her as a baby being born over and over again. And I think this is what it gets back to is Sid understands that there is some damage that can't be repaired but also shouldn't be repaired because it's a part of who you are now. Yeah. Uh, and her tats say a lot, too. She has a tattoo, it's a picture of her, and then it says me first. Yes. Which is a good reminder not to fall for David's bullshit. Well, not to fall for David's bullshit, but also stand up for herself. Yeah. That she has been following other people her whole life, and now she is going to be the leader, and she is going to take control of her own destiny. Now, there was a fun reveal where, like, it was obvious that, like, at least to her, to Sid, that he wasn't physically there. Right. You know, and I was like, I was wondering if she was going to try to shoot him, but then when he kind of, like, zapped out for a second... It was obvious it was just kind of a hologram of himself. Yeah, he's just astral projecting at that yeah. point. Um, I will, uh, this is jumping ahead again, but we talked about the Amal Farouk scene where he's playing Christmas Time will here again. Yeah. He's interrupted by Sid. They seem to have this burgeoning relationship between the first episode and the second episode here. But does her going and consulting with Amal Farouk go against me first, do you think? No, I just think what's nice is that she doesn't see eye to eye on the Shadow King. Like, they kind of butt heads a little bit, you know, because he's like, stay here. And she's like, hell's to the no. And then she kind of confronts him again. And he's in his happy place, his kind of little black and white bar, classic kind of movie scene, um, playing music for people and stuff like that. Everybody's chilling. And. I, I do wonder, though, given these are the two big conversations, the two big C- Sid scenes we have in the episode, the conversation with David and the conversation with Amal Farouk, if there's almost a way talking to Amal Farouk is easier for her because that is a part of David that is more clearly evil. Oh, wow. Like looking... That's uh, deep, man. Well, I, I, I don't know that that's totally true, but... Mm. Amal used to be part of David, was part of David his entire life. He was the bad part of David. Looking at David, the face of the man that she loved, made love to, uh, was with, and felt like she was one half of the same person with for a very long time, it's hard to get away from that. Like, you look at uh, Rachel, oh my gosh, Rachel Keller's physicality in that scene, like, she's all closed off. Mm -hmm. She's wearing her gloves. She's completely armored up in her scene with David versus the scene with Amal Farouk. She is standing a little bit more forward. She's a little more. Yeah, but she still doesn't trust Farouk at all. I don't think so, but I think that's easier. Like 
Farouk is helping them out, but it's easier to be like, yeah, this is the fucking Shadow King. Yeah. <laughs> he's an evil dude, and he's pretty straight up about what he wants. Like, he has plans that is plans. A, what's nice about the Shadow King is he is always kind of forward with what he wants. Yes. Unless you go with what you're saying, which is that he's manipulating the whole situation. Which I still hope happens. All right. I don't want David to be bad somehow. That's bad news for you. Yeah, just, you know, uh, you know, I just don't want people raping people. You know what I mean? I, again, uh, I agree with you. I, I don't think you're going to get a lot of people to disagree with you listening to this podcast. And if you do disagree, please stop listening to this podcast and walk to the nearest police station instead. No, I would just say maybe get some help and then maybe turn yourself in if you did something. Yeah, just, you know. Find a cliff and walk off. Oh, uh, come on, dude. No, I'm not going to. No, we, we're going down a very weird conversational yeah, we, we path are. here. Okay. Then we should probably stop. Let's get back to the podcast instead. So after the talk, or at least during the talk, David starts to get very frustrated, very hangry, and the smoke that comes out of his head and powers the pig starts to turn red. We get a fantastic sequence of the entire cult pipeline turning oh. from blue to red. So cool. So well filmed throughout. Fucked up. Very fucked up. People still sucking on them pig titties uh, big time, but with reg smoke. And everybody starts getting real angry and yeah. moshing. Blue is chill, red, red, not not chill at all. Would you rather have the blue smoke or the red smoke? Blue smoke all day, man. Yeah? Yeah. I mean, I'm a red smoke kind of guy, you know, but like, yeah. you know. You gotta you gotta mm-hmm. wind, you gotta relax a little bit. Yeah, you have that red smoke coming out of your head right now. Yeah. But if you chill out, maybe it'll turn to blue smoke. Yeah, I hope so. Uh so uh then we go back to the Cheshire bus, which is traveling far away into a forest. Uh squirrel gets out of the truck, comes through the forest, and comes on, as we mentioned, the Mad Hatter's tea party, where yeah. Lenny is the Mad Hatter. Again, I know you're going to yell at me about this, but I felt like that straight up doing Alice in Wonderland uh, felt a little too straightforward for this show. What? Yeah, it's That's too so, on the nose. That is not true. It was so randomly beautiful. In the middle of a forest, you can have a table with cakes and uh, treats and stuff like that. I'd rather, what I like about Legion is that it's not specific references, and everything this episode is all Charlie Brown and Alice in Wonderland and reference, reference, reference. Fuck you. It's original. It's new. I want to see it creating new things that I've never seen before. It did do a lot of that, you asshole. I've seen Tom Petty's music video before. Yeah, but you've never seen a blimp that has stripes on it. Yeah, I have. What? Have you ever seen Stripey Blimp, the movie? No. It doesn't exist. Yep. Um, but that's a weird thing that you called out specifically. <laughs> well, it was brand new to me. I was like, I've never seen anything like that. Sure, but you can't imagine a blimp with stripes on it? You could. That's inconceivable to you? No, but it's just something you've never seen. Sure, there's plenty of things I haven't seen. I haven't seen, like... You like just I walk- said I want original shit, and I named something that was original, and now you're but pissed about like it. But that's, like, the least mind-blowing thing. I, I wasn't like, oh, shit, it's a flying zebra, man. <laughs> Yo, they're inside of a zebra, man. They're in a flying zebra, bro. <laughs> Give me some of that red smoke, man. Uh, so anyway, they are at this Mad Hotter's tea party, uh, and Lenny 
wants to find out what he knows, yeah, or at least what she says what, that's what she wants to find out. Uh, Division Three is watching the entire time. They clearly put something in Squirrel's eye, so they're watching what's going on. We think that Lenny wants this information from him, uh, but Lenny is the Lucy in this situation, about to put the football away. Division Three gets ready. There's a very fun shot scene where everybody where uh, Carrie is asking, can we go, can we go, can we go, yeah. over and over, and the camera keeps swinging over to other people. It was fun, and then she finally got the go-ahead. She finally gets the go-ahead. And then uh, you think it's going to be this crazy knife fight. Yeah. Uh, all of the lady cult members are there, pull out these knives, they're standing there, Letty is there with her sword, and then she drops a net on them, and that's it. And that squirrel is all hepped up on this red smoke, and you're like, oh, man, he's going to rage out. He's Bane right now. Yeah. And he just starts swiping at them, and they hold him down, and that's it for that. Mm -hmm. But it turns out that was Letty's plan, because she Old goes time. over to the truck, and she steals Carrie, yeah. which we should have figured out, because David specifically says to Switch... We need a, a mechanic guy, someone who can build the machines. To, exactly, yeah. uh, to amp up your powers. So he wants to bring Carrie back to amp up uh, Switch's powers, uh, and they get him back there. Uh, we already talked about the Shadow King scene, which happens at that point. Uh, and then we, Carrie finds himself in a room. Oh, the clock room. My Amazing. favorite scene in the episode. Oh, my God. The way he moves is just magic. Now, if, I remember, magic. if I remember from previous seasons of this podcast, you guys got real mad for no particular reason when I brought this up. But Bill Irwin is a professional clown. Right. Are you going to yell at me for no particular reason for giving that information up? Uh, it just the way you brought it up before. Yes, it made it seem like you were undercutting the genius that he is. No, I was overcutting it. If anything, yeah. I've seen him perform on stage multiple times, and he's phenomenal. He is phenomenal. Yes, that's what I'm saying. The guy is angelic. He is like a gazelle on on the stage or in the TV show, the way he moves. Yes. So they set up this whole sequence just so Bill Irwin could do his clouding thing, uh, which is great. Like, that's what I want from the show, is I want them leading into something where it's like, Bill Irwin could do a ludicrous clouding routine. Let's figure out a way to get to that. But that's, when you're saying the clowning routine, it undercuts how great it is. No, it's not. Yes, it clowning does. Clowning is an art. It is an art. What are you saying? But it's not like... Squeezing my That's nose. That's not what I was saying at all. Yeah, I know, but just like the way he was moving was just so funny and magical, but also like was kind of like a spy in a great way, too. You, sir, are undercutting the art of clowning by boiling it down to somebody squeezing a nose, which is not what it is. Right, but it, I just don't want someone to hear the word clowning and then not And associate it with the thing that specifically only you associated it with? I'm just saying maybe I'm not the only one, guy. All I'm saying is nobody thought of that. I'm saying... Everybody, the people who thought that are right now, they've already turned off the podcast and are down at the police station turning themselves in. Oh, that's ridiculous. I mean, it's true. Don't bring There's that a Venn diagram there. Well, let's not go back That's there. just a circle. It's just a circle, man. Anyway, that scene is great. Bill Werdman is great. Uh, he follows around this woman, tricks her into looking around, just standing behind her the entire time. Yeah. Such a fun routine. Uh, he goes out into the hallway, wanders through the cult, sees the giant pig, has an amazing reaction there, and ends up in David's inner sanctum and is immediately afraid that David is going to kill him. And that broke my heart a little bit. Yeah, because David's like, I'm not going to kill you. Well, it broke my heart specifically because they've been friends, and uh, that was 
because Carrie is such this pure, innocent character, to see that he is at the point where he thinks David is at the point where he could kill him is very sad to me. Yeah, and also they kind of talked about their tri- the trial of David, and he was kind of like, yo, dude, that was an intervention, bro. Yeah. Yeah. So lots of misunderstandings going on there, uh, but then David does something evil, which is he doses up Carrie and shoves well, it. Lenny does. Lenny, sure, but David orders it. Sure. Uh, they put a penguin on his face, as one does. Again, very original visual. Yeah. Would you smoke a penguin bong, Pete? Yeah. You smoke anything. I don't know about anything. Anything? No. Literally not, anything? Not anything. What about like some sort of zebra blimp? Would you suck that? What the fuck? <laughs> I don't know how bongs. This got real weird real fast. <laughs> I don't know how bongs work. Uh, anyway, so he ends up in a room, and we get another really interesting sequence with Carrie, uh, this time with Carrie and Carrie, yep. uh, where they see each other in the mirror. They are aping each other, essentially. Uh, and then we get to see him looking in the mirror and him seeing a young Carrie mm-hmm. pulls her out. They dance together. And then that turns into David. Yeah. Creepy. What did you take away from that? That sequence? was fucking creepy, man. Yeah. What did you take away from that? I don't know. I mean, I think it was obviously the drugs a little bit. It kind of showed uh, his connection to Carrie in a kind of way that was light and fun. But then David kind of reminding him that like, hey, you're mine now. I think that's what it was, is I think it's David taking that place as the other half in his life. Oh, wow. Which, again, is a violation and fucked up, if it's true, and only further pushes David down the path of being a villain. But regardless, uh, we end up at a place where now Carrie is completely David's man. He's very excited to help him amp up, switch his powers. Because he's trying to save the world, he says. Well, yeah, that's where we end, is Lenny has set up the lab for Carrie, uh, and Lenny wants to know where David is going with the time traveler, and he says, to save the world. Now, there's two interesting things in there. One is that, now, Carrie is totally on board with David, quote-unquote, saving the world, which is probably destroying the world. Uh, But the second thing is, to your point that you were making earlier about Lenny, I took away from her saying, where is he going? She is not on board with this. No. At all. No, because Lenny has her own evil plans. As someone who lived in David's head as well, uh, you know, she has evil plans. You think it's evil plans? Well, yeah. She has a very mischievous evil side. I don't I don't know. I think she, she likes I've, living in the world. Yeah, but she also likes controlling people and she likes being mischievous and making people do messed up things. Sure, but I think she is happy with the cult situation. She gets to be number two. She gets to be in control of all of these people while David spits smoke out of his head and they drink his smoke. Uh, She is in a good place right now. She has a physical body, which she's never had before, so she's happy. He goes back in time. He changes all of that. She loses everything and potentially... Ceases to exist entirely, right? Maybe Lenny's going to save the day. I think at the very least is what we're going to see is a lot of shifting royalties, which is very classic X-Men mutant comics, where now Carrie is on David's side. I do think we're going to see Lenny go over to the other side, but I think there's going to be a lot of back and forth there. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, All right. Before we end this episode, what was real and what was fake in this episode piece? What was real and what was fake? 
I'm going to say that van was real. Yeah. That's a sweet van. That is a pretty sweet van. I don't want that van to be fake. Yeah. I think the tea party was fake. Mm. And I think the lounge that Farouk was in was fake, but might have been real at some point. Huh. You think the black and white was kind of a flashback? Yeah, I think it was like a memory Mm. to his time. Uh, We're definitely going to find out about his time with Professor X, with David's father. Um, But yeah, I think that might have been a touch of that. Mm. Interesting. If you'd like to support this podcast, patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 8 p.m. at the People's Improv Theater Loft in New York. Come on by and we will blow your minds. Uh, Pete, what do you want to plug? Friend us on Facebook so you get to know about the amazing guests we have on our live show. Follow us on Twitter at Comic Book Live. Also, Inside Legion for uh, info on this podcast. You can check out Comic Book Club at live.com for this podcast and many more. Subscribe on iTunes, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, or the podcast app of your choice. And we'll see you next time, Inside Legion. Inside Legion.